Welcome to Herbs with Erin, Remedies for Body and Spirit podcast, where we help people explore the power of herbs to create optimal wellness and strengthen their spiritual practice so they can feel healthy and connected. Herbal information provided in this podcast is meant for educational purposes only. It is not meant to take the place of professional medical advice. Welcome to episode three. Today's podcast features our first guest speaker. It's Carrie Kiernan of River Prairie Apothecary, and she'll be sharing about herbs that support people looking to stop smoking nicotine products. So Carrie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, I am a master herbalist, and so um, my main work is clinical work with clients to help them use herbs and other holistic practices for their health. Um, I also am an educator in the community. I grow herbs and I customize remedies for my clients. And then I have some community outreach that I also do. And currently it's taking the form of coordinating a shared herbal garden with about 10 members currently. We maintain the garden together, share in the harvest. And um, it sounds like we'll be doing some cool projects to share those herbs with the community. Yes, and for those listening, we will be doing a podcast on that shared herbal garden so that you can learn more about that as well. So be looking for that episode. And I invited Carrie here to talk about some herbs that can be used to help support people who are trying to reduce or eliminate altogether the use of nicotine products that are are smoked. So if you could share with us what you have to offer in that realm for us. Sure. Well, um, using herbs as a medicinal smoke um, is a practice that goes very far back and is used amongst many cultures. Um, the herbs that I have really come to like and use in my practice and um, advocate their use for my clients are usually herbs that are relaxing. Um, in using herbs for medicinal smoke, Um, Obviously, yes, we're trying to help people who are reaching for nicotine, Um, and so it's necessary to look at those underlying reasons as to why they're reaching for that nicotine. Of course, it's an addictive substance, yes, but um, there's often more to that, Um, and it can make it a little hard to step away from nicotine if you don't have something else to, uh, I guess, satisfy what it is you're looking for. Um, And so herbs are really wonderful to help address nicotine cravings and cutting back on nicotine when we think about the nervous system. So a lot of the herbs um, we're probably going to talk about today are nervines. What are a couple herbs that people could use for that smoking ability? Okay, well, there's a lot of different herbs out there that are considered to be useful for this. Um, But mainly I will pick something as a base to replace the nicotine, the tobacco. Um, And then you have herbs that are kind of like your mid herbs that have more of the medicinal action. And then you have your flavoring herbs that make it a pleasurable experience. Um, Because exactly, like you said, um, some people just really like taking that opportunity to go outside, take a moment to breathe, to reflect. So it's also a really nice tool to have in that transition time. Like some people find it really hard to just quit cold turkey, I guess. So 
Um, one thing you will find though with these herbal cigarettes is that they don't necessarily smoke the same way that a tobacco-based smoking remedy would work. <laughs> it's interesting to call tobacco a remedy, but you know, it is a remedy in certain cultures. And so I think that um, addressing that as well, just to like get the guilt out of the way for some people can be helpful. So some of my favorite herbs uh, for a base include herbs that are either easy to grow or easy to find or are low cost. Um, and so one thing you can use are red raspberry leaves and those can be wild, those can be homegrown. Um, they are very, very plentiful and pretty easy to dry. And they're kind of astringent and some people say out of all of the herbs that you could choose as a base, um, these are going to be like the closest in sensation and flavor to using straight tobacco. So it's a really, really good thing to use as a base. You don't have to. There's other herbs such as mullen. Um, mullen is another wonderful herb to use um, as a smoke remedy. Um, it's said to have healing properties for the lungs. Of course, like if you don't already smoke, I wouldn't advise smoking an herb to heal your lungs, but if you already do. It's a safer option than tobacco. Um, any, any smoke we're putting in the lungs, by the way, you know, it's going to have, bring some residue in, into the lungs. So um, that's just something to keep in mind. But like the good thing about if you are using herbs as a smoking remedy um, is that, you know, they just are not as addictive as, as tobacco and you may find yourself reaching for it much less um, than you would tobacco. And some people will even blend the herbs with their tobacco to reduce the overall level of nicotine. So if the idea of going straight from tobacco to these other herbs is too much, you can wean yourself. I wouldn't recommend weaning for too long. At some point you do need to make that jump. At least that's been my experience in working with people, but it's just so nice to have something. Um, some other really nice base herbs um, include marshmallow leaf. Um, that's a medicinal plant that um, is pretty relatively easy to grow, easier if you can find a transplant at a greenhouse. Um, you can start it by seed once you get those plants, they're perennial. It's also a pretty affordable herb to purchase in bulk. Um, something, just a side note to keep in mind, um, if you're making your own blends, you're going to have to really sift through those bulk herbs if you're purchasing online to remove any woody stems or anything like that. Like I put a considerable amount of time um, when I'm making remedies for people uh, related to smoke blends to like really make sure that we don't have woody things in there because it can result in a not so pleasant tasting smoke and you know the leaf and the woody stuff is going to burn a little differently. Um, yeah so those are my three herbs for the base. And as you notice, um, the base herbs are generally kind of bland. You wouldn't want a blend of pure, super flavorful herbs and be a little intense. And they don't always taste and smoke the same way that they smell. Those volatile oils don't necessarily carry over, but sometimes just the smell and sensation of your little bundle of smoking blend adds to the overall you know, enjoyment of what you're using. Uh, moving on to kind of those mid medicinal herbs, I would most definitely include skullcap here. So skullcap is a nervine. 
Um, it's relaxing and I will use it not only as a smoking remedy, but as a tincture or in tea for anyone dealing with addictions. As far as the way, you know, I'm not an addiction specialist or anything like that, but just from what I've seen in my practice, I see a lot um, of habits around reaching for tobacco, for example, when people are experiencing stress, nervousness, um, anxiety. So if we can use herbs to reduce those feelings and experiences, perhaps then we will be less likely to reach for tobacco. Um, and Skullcap is really specific and indicated for um, people who are feeling uh, addiction, suffering from them, or have a type of addictive personality. Uh, Skullcap is another plant that um, does grow in the wild to some extent um, in the Midwest here. It's, it's a little difficult to grow. It is doable. Um, it's something you can most definitely find online. And there's different types, but you want to look for official skull cap um, for this sort of application. And it's related. It's in the mint family, but it's a, a bitter mint. Uh, let's see another herb that would kind of fall in the category of being in the mid um, part of your formula would be catnip. So catnip is, you know, surprise, surprise. Look, we got another mint. Um, it's a relaxing mint euphoric for our little kitty friends, not necessarily the same for us, but indeed very relaxing as a smoking remedy, as a tea, as a tincture. It's got a little bit of a funky smell to it, so you don't want to go overboard with it, but it grows everywhere, um, at least where I live here. Um, so it's an easy one to wildcraft. Oh, side note, um, if you do make your own smoke blend, I can tell you, uh, you need to keep it away from the cats, put it in glass, don't put it in a paper bag or you're going to find it all over your floor and your cat will be very grateful for your <laughs> blend. <laughs> True stories. Um, all right. So another one of my favorite herbs that I reach for, for these types of remedies include Damiana. Damiana is a super cool herb for the mood. Um, it's a warming aromatic plant. Um, I have not had luck finding seeds or growing it. So it's usually an herb that I purchase online. Um, I think it smells very good. It's um, nervine. It's also been used as an aphrodisiac. Some people find it relaxes them. Some people find it kind of like enlivens them. Um, I think it adds really nice flavor as well. So it's probably somewhere between the medicinal mid and the flavoring top. Um, you can just decide how much you want to put in there. But that one's a really fun one to play with. Damiana smells amazing, I think. It's just like a cross between, I don't know, patchouli kind of, but not so noxious in a way. <laughs> it's not as strong. It's just earthy and yeah, aphrodisiac. I could, I could see that. It's kind of got a sexy musky smell to it too. I don't know how to explain it, but it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is like a good test for if you quote unquote need the herb is just smell it. If it smells good and you really like it, which people generally do if they're going to like it. Um, and I, every now and then I do have people that are just like, Ugh, no. And so, yeah, then we have a lot of other herbs to reach for instead. Um, you could, if you really are focused on maybe you're like, yeah, my anxiety isn't that bad. I just like smoking, but I understand I need to give my lungs a little support. Well, there's a lot of herbs with antimicrobial and tissue healing properties, as well as cleansing properties that you could reach for. Um, those include whorehound, hyssop, 
hyssop and also to add in thyme, you know, those are common herbs and herbalism that we use for their antimicrobial properties and um, all those wonderful volatile oils, which is the smell of those herbs. You probably have the smells coming to mind as I mentioned them. Um, those are also helpful for the lung tissues. So say you don't wanna like directly inhale a smoke remedy, you could simply burn it as a incense, say. And it doesn't need to be in an incense stick. You could just even take a little pinch of it and put it on like a surface that is fireproof. So a shell or a glass or something like that. And you could just kind of, you know, more indirectly use that medicinal smoke. So you could um, like waft it up into your face and have it around you. So people could roll traditional like cigarettes. They could put it in a pipe and they could also just kind of waft it around them. Exactly. Yeah. You can really think outside of the box here when it comes to using herbal smoke as a remedy. I mean, most often people will first, you know, roll their own. Now you can do that by hand, which is quite tedious. If, if you are going to be using these for a while, I really recommend that you invest in a um, cigarette making machine. I had like taken it upon myself to help some clients and I was going to hand roll their cigarettes for them. And I think I got about 20 in and I realized I was probably on my way to get arthritis real quick. So <laughs> I think I spent maybe $100, $150 to get the machine, to get the papers. Um, and I got a lot, but I was serving uh, several people and I knew I was going to have to be giving them at least 60 cigarette, cigarettes per week for each person. So um, that's one thing to take into consideration is maybe monitor how much you're smoking so that you can prepare. Um, if you're going to make a serious effort to try to find an alternative tobacco. And if you really want to leave that, really set yourself up for success and prepare and get these remedies made ahead of time because otherwise it might be a little extra tempting if you're just out of what you need or you don't feel like rolling it. It might be too easy to reach for something else that you don't want to be using. And also you can work to you know gradually reduce the tobacco in them. Um, you could even weigh it and, and be really methodical and mathematical about it if, if you're into that. You could have someone else, if they want to do this with you, you could have someone else roll them for you and slowly decrease your tobacco without you exactly knowing how much is in there because um, sometimes that's an issue for people as well. If they know, well, there's half as much tobacco in this, I'm going to smoke two instead of one. <laughs> um, so uh, you might you might just need to be a little creative um, to come up with ways to help yourself. But yeah, all right, back to the herbs. Some other tasty nervines um, you can add in include rose and hops and mugwort. Um, these, I guess, I would probably use in ever so slightly less amounts than, say, the skullcap. Um, but they bring some really wonderful flavors and properties. Um, hops, as you know, is in beer and it is medicinal on its own. So it's got some uh, relaxing effects to it. It is another one of those plants where I find that, that cats are kind of attracted to. Same thing with, say, like valerian. So um, even if you skip Skip the catnip. Don't, <laughs> don't think that your cat won't be interested in what you're making here. Um, and it's really interesting too, you know, just seeing how different animals are affected by these relaxing herbs. And, and the same could be said for individual people. What relaxes me might totally stimulate you in a way that you're like, ah, this is too much. 
Um, so you're just gonna have to play around a little bit and see what you like and trust your senses. Um, if you happen to have allergies or you're like, yeah, I'm just allergic to a lot of things. I'm a person that reacts to things. I would avoid rose. Um, just the straight rose petals don't seem to be bothersome, but if you harvest them yourself, it's kind of hard to avoid the middle part of the plant of the rosebud that has, um, I don't know what to call that part of the plant, but that can seem to be a little irritating to some folks. So I would stay away from that one. It's very rare that I've run into it, but I have run into it with a few people who don't react well to rose and it causes them to feel like a little bit of it, like mild itchiness in their throat. Another way you could test, um, is obviously if you're gonna like burn them and smoke them, that's a pretty direct application. So you might wanna be a little careful and first maybe just light, you know, light the herb and do that more secondhand kind of wafting and smelling if you do have allergies. Um, be a little careful in, do, in doing this and then that way you don't know exactly what herb is causing your problem and you won't have to throw out, you know, there still can be some herbs that are helpful for you. You're just going to have to take some extra precautions to find them. Also herbs in the Asteraceae family, I would stay away from those if you tend to have allergies or you react to. Uh, the other one I'll throw in this category is passion flower. Uh, passion flower you want to make sure you're using the right species. Don't just use any old passion flower you got growing at home. I would advise you to purchase that through a source that is indicating it's specifically the right one to be using for medicinal purposes. And then last but not least, uh, there's so many different herbs that we can use as um, flavorings. And um, you can come, you choose one, you could choose three. Um, again, you're going to have to use your senses to see what you're drawn to. They don't always exactly smoke and taste the exact same way they smell. Um, but some of these herbs include angelica, peppermint, spearmint, uh, bee balm, anise, lavender. Um, I know of people who will use, you know, obviously a lot of the herbs that I mentioned previously for the base and for the mid are more fluffy herbs. We're using the leaves and, and the flowers, but you can most certainly use roots and seeds and bark. And you're just going to have to make sure it's chopped up appropriately so that it burns, um, it burns well within the blend. Like if you have a big old chunk of bark in there or something like that, you're, if you have a rolled cigarette, it's going to burn a little strange. Some tips for putting it all together to actually craft your herbal smoke blend. Um, I already talked about removing the stems. You're going to kind of want to fluff up your base ingredients. Um, you can rub those base ingredients in your hands to fluff them up. Um, both mullein and the red raspberry leaf that I mentioned are a bit fluffy and um, when dried the friction of rubbing them together helps to fluff them up even more. Crumble any leaves or flowers you're using until they're small. Um, you could powder them. Um, if you're using rolling papers, you're going to need to get your blend as close to powder as possible. Like if you take apart a cigarette and you see how small those pieces are, that's kind of what you're going to want to aim for. I don't personally get it quite that small, but especially if you're using a machine, bigger pieces might be problems or little pieces of stem could poke through the paper and result in a difficult smoking experience. If you're using a pipe, it's okay for them to be a little more coarse. Um, I use a bowl and I fluff everything together. Um, the other thing to take into consideration is that if you're purchasing herbs um, online, they're going to be very, very, very dry. And so if you're using extremely dry herbs, sometimes it's, it burns almost 
um, too fast, if that makes sense. So um, a little bit of moisture can be introduced into your smoke blend. But when I say little, I really mean that a little bit goes a long way. So you could potentially um, just like I would store your smoke blend in a glass jar and then take out what you're going to use if it's for a day or a week or whatever um, and spritz it ever so slightly with a little water. Some people will also add just a tiny bit of honey to the water. Um, you could put the, the stuff you're going to use uh, more quickly in a jar with like a slice of apple or with an orange peel or just something to kind of help moisten the herbs. And obviously if you do a little bit of a spritz, some pieces are going to be a little more moist than others. So then you're going to want to let it sit for just a little bit in the jar so that that moisture can kind of evenly go into the leaves and flowers. If you accidentally get things too wet, just leave the lid off overnight to leave time for the water to evaporate. That's okay. You can fix that problem. I've experimented a little bit um, with like for aging tobacco actually and trying to use different amounts of moisture. Um, I even used a little bit of, I think it was like brandy. I used an apple slice. I used a little honey water. Um, I've I found that process a little difficult to have it not go off because you're introducing moisture in an enclosed environment. And really like what I was doing was trying to mimic what would happen when tobacco is dried in barns, you know, in places more south than here with less humidity. Um, so that's kind of hard to do, but that's to some extent what you're doing with your blend, um, but with a very shorter time period. It is possible to smoke it completely dry. Sometimes I'm lazy and that's what I do. But those are some tips if you want to make it even tastier and more enjoyable. I imagine that the commercial um, nicotine-based cigarettes that are out there have lots of other chemicals added to them to make them burn perfectly and to taste good and things like that. So these tips are perfect because people are going, we don't want people to get um, discouraged when, you know, it happens and they don't get that same exact experience that they're used to. So, well, these are amazing tips. I love how you talk about set up, set yourself up for success and realizing that it's, um, you know, a process and we're not talking about cold turkey all the time here. Uh, there's options for growing your own um, and buying your own and also thinking of things that you know are just cost effective but also thinking long term like how much do your cigarettes cost your your tobacco nicotine cigarettes cost and then how much will this cost you too and then ha having somebody come into the process like you said and maybe roll those <laughs> roll those nicotine plus herbs together and then slowly decrease it like there's probably so many people in in you know, the, their lives that would just love to, to help out, I would imagine. So those are really amazing tips. And I will also be putting a list of these herbs with their scientific names on my blog too, so that you can see the list of these and also put them in categories of the base, mid, and flavor herbs as well. So Carrie, if people want your assistance in and helping them identify a you know medicinal smoke blend um, specific for them, how do they get a hold of you? Um, so there's a few different ways to get a hold of me. Um, you can email me at riverprairieapothecary@gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook. I have a, a business page, 
River Prairie Apothecary, you can message me there. Um, and for right now, what I'm doing, you know, I do have an office, but I'm not seeing clients in person, but it's been working absolutely great to just do video consults and phone consults. Sometimes it's real short and sweet, five minutes with someone just to give them a little guidance. And sometimes I do, you know, a full hour, 90 minute consult with someone taking um, everything into account in their life and their journey and using herbs to support their health to help them choose the remedies that they want to use. So sometimes I help people make their own remedies. Sometimes I point them in the direction of where to purchase them. And sometimes I actually will make those remedies for them. And um, all of those options have worked well for different folks, depending on what they need and have and, and um, where their resources are at. That's an amazing offer that you have. I'll put your contact information on the blog post as well. And the blogs are on fullcircleherbals.com. Thank you for joining this episode of Herbs with Erin, Remedies for Body and Spirit podcast. Please follow me at fullcircleherbals.com or in the Facebook page, Full Circle Herbals. My email address is fullcircleherbals 